Hello and welcome to another episode of I Want to Watch the Very Best because Gotta Watch Them All was taken. I'm back from Gen Con and I'm very, very tired because I got like zero sleep, but I gotta record an intro. So I am sorry if I'm tired. I'm doing my best for you. Just, just for you, my dear friend. Gen Con was fun, though. I bought way more than I thought I would and just bought way more than I should in general. I got so many board games I will probably never have the chance to play, but I can dream. They seemed fun, and I'm like, well, that would be really cool to do with someone one day. There were also some pretty cool artists there. There were, like, a decent chunk of Magic the Gathering artists and uh, some other just generally cool artists there. And there were some cool board games, which I played with my friends who I met in real life for the first time ever. It was an experience, that's for sure. We also did an escape room, and that was fun. We did it in 52 minutes, and we were very close to failing purely because some stuff in there didn't work. And it was not our fault. We could have gotten out of there way sooner if the stuff just worked. So yeah, Gen Con was a good experience, and I'm glad I went, but while I had a great time there... Also kind of relieved it's over because I'm I'm just very tired. I need some I need some rest. I'm an introvert. That that wore me out a bit. And also, because this is the last episode of Indigo League, I'm going to be taking a hiatus after this because I have some other stuff I have to work on that really needs to get done. So I need to put the podcast on hold for just, just a couple minutes, work on the other stuff, and then I can come back refreshed ready to watch more Pokemon, and ready to give some smiles to you all. I'm thinking the hiatus will last about three or four weeks, roughly in that range, so um, just check back. And, and you know, I'm going to start with this little thing. Make sure to hit that follow, subscribe, whatever button, because that way you'll know when the hiatus is over. You could also follow the Twitter account, at Wanaveri, to know when the hiatus is over. Woo! That sounded really condescending. I'm sorry. I'm just very tired. Wee. So I'm going to close this podcast several times because I wasn't really sure what would be the final words of it. So I'm just going to close it again at the end. And until that point, let's, ju- let's just get into the episodes. Let's just finish this up. Come on, guys. Let's go. Episode 79, Friend and Foe Alike. Synopsis. Being pitted against his new friend, Ash tries to steal himself for the battle ahead. But, seeing an opportunity to cause mischief, the Rocket Trio plan to make that even harder. Once more recapping the end of the last episode, we begin with Ash looking out the house's window, lamenting having to fight Richie. Misty then tries to distract Ash, saying she's found info on Richie in the League database. The trio learn that he's actually remarkably skilled, having won his matches without losing a single Pokemon. Along with that, he's only ever used three Pokemon in the matches, Butterfree, Charmander, and Pikachu. An electric type, a flame type, and a flying type? They're almost the same kind of Pokemon you use, Ash. That means it all depends on which one's the better trainer. You're in trouble. (laughs) I'm just as good a trainer as Richie is. It must be nice to dream when you're wide awake. Brock comments that it'll be hard fighting a friend, but Ash insists that friend or not, he's determined to win all the same. In the morning, Richie picks up his Pokemon from Joy right as Ash's group walks in, 
the two trainers awkwardly greeting each other. In order to improve the mood, Richie insists that they make this their best battle possible, Ash agreeing. Joy then calls over Ash as well, and after handing him his team, comments that he's lucky to be fighting a friend, since even if he loses, he can be happy for Richie advancing. Team Rocket also listens in, scoffing at this friendship. Hmm, those kids are really friends. Friends are very nice to have. There was something that prevented me from having friends when I was a little girl. <laughs> it must have been your personality. Uh-huh, it must have been my... <laughs> Later that morning, Misty answers a ringing phone, hearing Richie on the other end, but he's uncharacteristically mean. Uh, hello? Oh, hi, Richie. Well, yeah, but he's getting ready for the match. You're that stuck-up little big-mouth Misty, are ya? Listen, lame-o, I didn't call to talk to you. Just get Ash and get lost! Well, you can count on me, you nasty little weasel! Here, Ash, Prince Charming wants to talk to you! Who's that? I should've known that kid was too good to be true. However, it turns out this is Jesse using a voice changer, saying that Richie needs to talk to Ash about Pikachu outside and to meet up with his Pokémon... alone. Brock warns him not to be late to his match, Ash promising that he would never miss a battle. Rushing to the edge of the woods, Ash sees a very creepy puppet Richie calling him over. Annette then suddenly covers the trainer and Pokemon as Team Rocket reveal their scheme with a motto. Well, Jesse, your phony friend Dial-A-Twerp, decoy call, worked like a charm. It worked like a charm because I'm so charming and because we're dealing with a brainless little brat. Yeah, but if that kid's so brainless and he beats us every time, how brainless are we? Don't, Don't let, let him, him hear you say that. Ash demands he be released in time for his match, but the trio laugh and throw him in the back of a truck before taking off. Brock and Misty then begin to worry, since Ash hasn't returned yet, and it's almost time for the league match. As the rockets drive down the highway, they begin to panic as the driver's cabin begins to flood with water, Ash having Squirtle fill the entire truck with his water gun. Meowth panics and grabs James's face, causing him to swerve and crash into a tree, the trio dangling from the cabin over a drop. Ash takes this chance to escape with Pikachu, rushing back to the league. Meanwhile, Richie happily enters the stadium, unaware Ash was kidnapped. As our hero continues to run, Team Rocket rolls up on a set of disconnected wheels, rushing to catch up to Ash again. Ash simply dodges out of their way as they crash. The evil trio quickly recovers though, ready to fight. Ash sends out Bulbasaur, distracting them with Vine Whip before Pikachu electrocutes the rockets, Ash continuing his run back. Still not giving up, the rockets reappear on some bikes they stole, James driving up and having Weezing use smog on the area. The rockets say he can either give up Pikachu or miss the league match, but Ash recalls the promise he made to Richie and decides to choose a third option. Steal a bike that Team Rocket hopped off of to act all menacing and hightail it out of there. At the stadium, the announcer comments on Ash's no-showing, saying Richie will win by default if Ash doesn't appear soon, his opponent wondering where Ash is, while Delia worries to Oak in the stands. Professor, why isn't Ash here yet? Do you think he's gotten into some kind of trouble? Probably, but that boy has a way of getting himself right back out of it. That's not very encouraging, actually, Professor. 
Misty then runs out onto the field, hurrying over to Richie and demanding to know what he said to Ash. But when Richie seems confused, she furiously stomps on his foot, causing him immense pain. Instead of having security rush her for assaulting the competition, the announcer doesn't waste a single second making a joke about it. Richie continues to insist ignorance while Misty accuses him of sabotaging Ash's chance to battle, using his friendship as leverage or something to do so. But when Misty reveals the phone call that was made earlier, Richie begs for her to believe that he never did anything like that. And looking into his eyes, Misty sees that he's telling the truth, now worrying about who actually made that call. Ash continues to pedal towards the league, Pikachu trying to warn him as a giant crane game claw descends and grabs his bike, bringing it up to the Meowth balloon. Thinking fast, Ash sends out Pidgeotto, having Pikachu ride it up to the balloon, shocking the rockets and destroying the basket, sending the trio plummeting. As Pikachu pants tiredly, Ash has Pidgeotto drag the remains of the balloon, him still grabbing the claw, all the way to the Indigo Stadium for his match, hoping he still has time as the sun begins to set. As the stadium lights flicker on, a referee approaches Richie to inform him of Ash's forfeit by no-show. But the trainer refuses to accept this result, begging them to let Ash have just a little bit more time. The announcer remarks with surprise, and the referee allows just ten more minutes. Brock, Misty, Oak, and Delia all comment from the side on how good of a friend Richie is. Instead of looking for Ash, who's been missing the whole day, Richie is a better friend than any of them right now, including his own mom. As night finally falls, Ash is mere moments away from the stadium. The ref declares that the ten minutes are up and prepares to deem Richie victorious before Ash calls out to everyone, jumping into the field. As he sheepishly apologizes for his tardiness, Pidgeotto falls to the ground, visibly exhausted. Ash tells it to get some rest before demanding they begin the long-awaited battle. The two trainers then stand on opposite sides of the battlefield, Richie sending out his Butterfree, happy, while Ash picks Squirtle. A montage ensues of them trading blows back and forth before Happy uses sleep powder, putting the turtle to sleep. Despite the sleep effect not being a condition that's considered a knockout, the victory is given to Richie anyway. While thinking on his next move, Ash is surprised by Pikachu yelling at him as the rodent suddenly rushes into the field, slamming Happy with a double edge. While Ash remarked how impressed he is at Pikachu's energy despite the day they've had, Pikachu hangs onto the foot of a fleeing Happy, zapping it into unconsciousness and tying the match. Richie then sends out his Charmander, Zippo, which launches a barrage of flamethrowers at Pikachu. While he's able to dodge them, he gets visible scuffs and begins to tire, getting sloppier at dodging. Pikachu is then hit with a headbutt, throwing him back. As Ash checks on him, Pikachu tries to weakly stand, but is unable to do so, leaving Ash with just one Pokemon left. Ash weighs all of his options, carefully considering what can help him now against the final Pokemon. He then reluctantly decides to send out Charizard, despite the risk he brings. 
The giant lizard emerges, shocking all of Ash's friends. Unfortunately, Charizard is uninterested, scratching itself idly. Zippo then shoots a flame at it, angering Charizard enough to retaliate with a powerful flame. Fearing for his Pokemon, Richie recalls Zippo, Ash happily believing that Charizard just finally decided to cooperate. Richie also making what he for some reason thinks is a risky move despite the advantage he has, sends out his Pikachu Sparky. Both Pokemon stare each other down, Ash warning Charizard not to take Sparky lightly. Ignoring his advice, Charizard stomps the ground with smug satisfaction, knocking the Pikachu to the ground. It then uses its wings to blow a gust of air, sending Sparky flying back. Richie encourages his Pikachu to keep going, Sparky hopping back up and rushing Charizard, who is now lazily laying on its side, disinterested in the fight. Sparky grinds to a halt while Ash begs Charizard to fight, the crowd making fun of him while Oak theorizes. Why did Charizard stop battling? It may have thought Charmander, a flame type like itself, was a worthy adversary, but it doesn't want to bother battling with a puny little Pikachu. Despite Richie still having Zippo since it was willingly recalled and not knocked out, the tied one-to-one -one match ends in Richie's victory, Charizard being deemed unable to battle. Ash falls to his knees in shock at his loss before angrily returning Charizard to his Pokeball. Richie runs over to a depressed-looking Ash, who wipes his tears and nose before looking up with a smile, happily congratulating Richie on his win. Richie is unsure how to react at first, but accept Ash's handshake, Ash saying he better make sure he wins the next round, and Richie promising to try. Misty muses that Ash is taking things pretty well, Brock saying it's because while Ash lost, he's happy Richie won, echoing Nurse Joy's belief from earlier. Which is a much better sentiment than the original, where he simply says that it's because boys don't cry. After the stadium clears out, Ash stares passionately at the giant league flame, the narrator explaining that he still hasn't given up on his dream. So, that's it. The end of Ash's very first Pokemon League. And he went out not with a bang, but with a Charizard yawn. Like, more than half of the episode didn't even focus on the battle, it was mostly Team Rocket antics, a very far cry from how battle-focused and intensive later generations become. And while at this point I think most of us expect Ash to lose, I'm sure at the time it came as a pretty big surprise to see Ash fail, and in such a fantastically pathetic way. Some people argue that he lost because he goofed off instead of training, but I argue that, despite the couple episodes we saw, Ash actually did train a somewhat decent amount. At the beginning of a lot of pre-league episodes, he's in the middle of some kind of workout or battle, only to get distracted, usually by Team Rocket. The real reason he lost was because his team was already worn out, and instead of choosing something like Muck again, he took an unneeded risk and used Charizard. Could he have reined in Charizard if he tried harder? Maybe. But all that matters now is that Ash lost, and now must tackle an all-new challenge. But first we have episode 80, Friends to the End. Synopsis. Coming to terms with his elimination from the Pokemon League, Ash turns his attention to his friend's next challenge in the end of the tournament. 
Ash's loss is recounted, and we then see him sulking in bed the next morning, upset that he lost. His friends, mother, and professor all worry about him outside. Oak surprised he's upset despite doing so well, all things considered. Misty then gets up, resolving to help cheer her friend up with food and company. When after he coldly brushes her off, Misty yells that she's only trying to help. A fight between the two erupts between them, Brock and Delia running in to try and defuse the situation. Oak then walks in as well, taking Misty's side and saying that he could have won if he just trained his Charizard better. Personally, I think he could have won if Team Rocket didn't sabotage his match, but that's just me. Misty then makes a snide remark about his laziness, causing the fight to resume until Pikachu intervenes. That isn't easy. Especially for some lazy trainers. Are you calling me lazy? I didn't call anybody anything. I was talking to Pikachu. You called me lazy. I said I didn't and I didn't. I said you did because you did. I didn't. You did. Did not. Did too. Did not. You did too. As a result of the shock, the TV flickers on, a broadcast of Richie's match about to begin, reminding Ash of it. In the stadium locker room, Richie stares at his Pokeballs, asking his team to do their best today. Ash and his friends then suddenly enter, wanting to wish him luck and reminding him to be prepared for an intense six Pokemon battle. A montage then plays of Richie and his opponents trying their best, until they're both down to one Pokemon each. His opponent chooses Ivysaur, Richie choosing Sparky. Ivysaur starts strong, charging at and tripping Sparky. The Pikachu then tries to use Thundershock, but each bolt is batted away with vines. Ivysaur then counters with Solar Beam, blasting Sparky dead on before they finish with a tackle. Sparky tries to stand, but slowly collapses, Richie losing his match and rushing to see if his Pikachu is okay. Ash's group stares in disbelief, stunned that he lost too. Later that day, Richie stares out over a lake near the stadium, holding his Pikachu as Ash approaches. Before Ash can give his condolences, Richie jokingly remarks that now they just have another thing in common, both Pikachus jumping off their trainers to play. Richie then remarks that he thinks trainers can actually learn a lot from losing, both of them staring at the water together. The moment is of course ruined by Team Rocket, however, who peek out of the bushes holding shovels, waiting for the Pikachu to fall into their trap. Back to the trainers, Richie says that if he knew it would be this hard, he would have trained even more intensely. He then tells Ash that losing isn't that bad, since he's able to learn from his mistakes. Ash thinks to himself, realizing that Richie isn't beating himself up after losing, and that compared to his friend, Ash is acting like a baby. Richie then snaps him out of it, saying that he and Ash should both vow to become Pokemon Masters no matter what. Ash agrees, and shouts his dreams out into the water, before the Pikachus fall into a pitfall. Rushing to help, Ash and Richie fall down the second hole, angrily stuck on the bottom, as Team Rocket gloat and make puns from above. Well, the two twerps fell for it. We tried a lot of tricky traps, but this one's a whole lot better. The pit is it. Those crazy contraptions can't create the kind of classic catastrophe one can cause by cleverly concealing a calamitous crater. 
Ash tries to escape, but ends up triggering a second pit underneath them, sending them down further. The Pikachu are then captured in an electricity-absorbing cage, and the rockets begin marching away. Until Ash suddenly flies up with Pidgeotto out of the hole, sending out Bulbasaur. The Pokemon tries to vine-whip the cage, but James pulls it away. Jesse then has Weezing use Smog, but Pidgeotto blows it back at the trio. Richie joins Ash, flying up on Happy and sending out Zippo. Bulbasaur uses Razor Leaf to break the fishing rod the cage is on, releasing the cage as Zippo uses Flamethrower to ignite the smog, setting the rockets on fire. As the Pikachu begin overcharging the cage, Ash has Squirtle put out the fire and moisten the evil gang, before the Pikachus toss the now-empty cage at them, causing them to get electrocuted so bad they explode and fly off! Ash and Richie celebrate freeing their friends, and that sunset, Clearly a few hours later, Richie thanks Ash for his help, but Ash insists it was a team effort. Misty and Brock then hurry over, saying they're going to eat dinner before the closing ceremony, offering both boys to join them, each accepting and running off together. That night, the ceremony comes to a close, all the trainers marching in for one last round of applause. The trainers are then all given a commemorative badge for their accomplishment of even making it to the league. Team Rocket, outside, begins to tunnel under the stadium, as three unseen trainers celebrate their grand victory. A fireworks show begins, everyone watching in awe. Deciding that they're in the right spot, the Rocket Trio dig upwards, only to have a firework ball fall right into their pit, blowing them up and away! Again! See, that's why they tell you to never dig straight up while playing Minecraft. The next day, Ash and Richie sit in the empty bleachers, both saying that they at least had fun. Richie then picks up Sparky, bidding Ash farewell as both trainers wish each other luck, reminding the other of their promise to be the best, right as the theme song begins playing. Ash thinks about the Moltres he saw at the opening, before reflecting on the intense battles he went through that tournament. Standing alone in the center of the stadium, he asks if Pikachu is ready to train even harder, his best friend happily agreeing. Misty then calls out to him, and our hero sees his friends and family waiting for him happily. He then rushes to meet them, ready to head back to Palatown with renewed vigor and fresh experience. And there we go. That's the end of Pokemon Indigo League. Well, I think most of the episode is great, I really feel like Team Rocket put a hard stop in this. I think it would have worked better if defeating them was what truly remotivated Ash, helping him realize that there will always be new challenges to face even after the League. Or if the trio just didn't do anything at all, that also would have worked. But as it stands, they're just there to put a temporary annoying break in the moment, and an attempt to have a bit of action in an otherwise slow episode. But besides the Rockets, I think that this serves as a good end for the first season of Pokemon. Which I only say like that since the other generations divided up much smaller than the 80 plus episode chunk we got. Ash learns that there's no point feeling sorry for himself, refusing to give up until he can declare himself the greatest, the friends he makes beside him the entire time. While we do have one more thing to go, I do want to say thank you for sticking with me. I honestly didn't think I would make it this far. I legitimately thought I would give up somewhere mid-season, but here we are, celebrating the end of basically Generation 1 of Pokemon. So, thank you for sticking with me. 
And next we meet, we'll move on to the Orange Islands arc. Alright, so these are going to be my thoughts on Generation 1. They're going to be grouped together, but kind of non-sequitur-y. It's just going to be like one topic into another with very little transition. So forgive me if it gets a little bit jumbled. I am not very good getting all my thoughts out, so we'll see how this goes. Let's let's jump into it. Woo! So Generation 1 is obviously the Pokemon Company's precious baby. I kind of wish they'd stop giving all their attention to it and acknowledge the other generations a bit more, but I understand why they do it. Many people hold Generation 1 really close to their hearts, and a lot of these people are now in their late 20s, early 30s, and will spend money to get stuff and remember their favorites. And to kind of vouch for this, I ran a little experiment with my coworkers. I just went around and I asked everyone, hey, what's your favorite Pokemon? And all but like two of them answered a Gen 1 Pokemon. There was another one that was like Lugia and another one that was like Rayquaza. But everyone else, Gen 1. And, you know, my age group kind of has more financial freedom. We don't have as many bills. Uh, we definitely don't have homes. So we have a little bit extra that we might be willing to spend on a Pikachu plushie or something. I don't know. Now, for where it all started, the games themselves. They certainly show their age. All of the Pokemon look kind of wonky. The sound can be really grating. It goes at a snail's pace and is genuinely pretty hard to get into if you didn't grow up near that era. However, it's simultaneously a marvel what we got. Even though there were only 151 Pokemon, the world felt alive with them. Each town was distinct and memorable, and everything felt so big and open with this sense of adventure despite how small it actually was. It's really incredible what they did with so little. I recall someone saying that this is why the remakes feel so cluttered and not great. With modern-day graphics, tech, and new Pokemon, all we see is just how small everything in Kanto is. The modern technology actively works against Generation 1, while older tech helps to enhance it. And as for the Pokemon themselves, the designs in Generation 1 are a bit more lackluster compared to modern Pokemon. Newer ones have patterns and details that just weren't feasible to implement in a game when it came out. But that's not a bad thing, it's just simply an observation. In fact, the most iconic Pokemon came out in Generations 1 and 2. If you show most younger people any Generation 1 Pokemon, most would probably be able to tell you what it is, even if they never got into the series at all. And I'm kinda sad I missed this period due to when I was born, but the sheer hype Pokemon had at this time was incredible. There was merch everywhere, actual mania about the games showing cards, and just people enjoying it. The levels of that that we have today is just way less, and it's kind of a shame. Some of the merch during this time was great too. They had like, Pokemon everything basically. My personal favorites were these little Pokeballs that you open up and inside was this little soft plastic figure that you could take out or keep in as a display. And they did these for a while, in fact they still might be doing them, but Gen 1 had some of the cutest designs. God, I played pretend with these so much. I, I also had this like, talking Pikachu where you squeeze its hand and it's like, Pika Pika, and it's like, cheeks popped out, its ears wiggled, and I carried that thing around with me so, so much. 
that it just fell apart. I still have it, actually. It's still in my room, but it's just... It's so dirty. The tail is, like, ripped off. Of, not ripped off entirely, but, like, the top part of it that's stuck to the back. I carried it around as a handle, so eventually it just kind of snapped off. And now it's just, like, hanging there limply. And one of the cheeks just doesn't work anymore. But it's it's actually, I still think, an adorable plushie. I still remember the commercials, too. These kids, like, walk into a field, and it's just full of these talking Pikachu. And they're like, <laughs> wow! And, um... I think I got mine for Christmas, but I don't I don't want to swear to that. I remember they also had these little boxes that opened up into an environmental scene that had like these two little figures and this little extra thing that came with each set. Like one of them was this little platform you put them on and you spun it around with this other knob and another one had this island you could remove and there was like hidden stuff inside there and and I know you were encouraged to like put them together and there was like this bridge you could put between the two and you could like play pretend and have the Pokemon go and visit each other. Yay! There was also this like plushie of the starters that had radios in them or on them and I used to have this Charmander one but I sadly lost it at some point. Or had it stolen at school. I can't remember. It was one of them. The point I'm trying to make here is there was some really fun merchandise Generation 1. And, in fact, there was even, like, this whole Pokemon play. Like, there's... God, I gotta watch that one day. I, I really should talk about the Pokemon live show. That's... That's interesting. But, yeah, you could get all of this merchandise at the Pokemon Center in New York City before it became the general Nintendo store it is today. And seeing pictures of it from back when it first opened, I really wish I could have seen it more. Thankfully, I did actually get to see it once, a little bit after Coliseum came out. I was really young, so I don't remember everything, and obviously my mind maybe like made it grander than it actually was, but I remember absolutely loving it. I don't remember anything else about that New York trip, which was the last one I made before I was in my 20s and went to Anime NYC with my friends. So my memory of it is very faded, except for like a couple parts of the Pokemon store I still remember vividly. And you know, thinking about how successful it was, it's wild to think how close we got to the Pokemon we have today just not happening. There are plenty of stories about Pokemon's rocky early days. There was Game Freak's struggle to even get it made. There was the idea of having them be gotchapons or training the Pokemon with a whip. There was this early concept of the Pokemon world being the same as the real world, just in the future, and all the Pokemon were aliens that showed up and took over. And there was this really raunchy early manga with Clefairy as the mascot, and it's really weird to see if you can find it now. It's like, what we have today seems like the obvious right choice, but there are plenty of possibilities where we may have gotten something much different. It's it's just really wild if you look back and realize how we ended up getting what we did. And speaking of early Pokemon, the anime really struggles to find its identity during the Indigo League. It has real animals and locations, these really weird jokes, and the protagonists acting really out of character with what they eventually become, and, you know, stuff like that. It's hard to pinpoint roughly when it started to become the Pokemon we know today, but I feel like Orange Islands is when it really finally found its footing and had a better idea of what it wanted to be. 
jokes and characters become a bit more consistent. It's finally decided that the Pokemon world is its own place, and what Pokemon could actually do actually becomes a bit more concrete. We start to see them used for increasingly more practical purposes outside of battles, and it's really interesting to see where the anime takes the Pokemon and humans living together concept, and just running with that and getting really creative with it, like, past the point that the games did. And I should end this by saying that I sort of grew up with Generation 1. Technically, I didn't get into Pokemon until around Generation 3, but I started with Pokemon Leaf Green, and then I moved on to Emerald. Plus, the Indigo League aired mostly reruns, so that's what I saw before I even played any of the games, when I was really, really young. And I also, around this time of Generation 3, maybe even 4, went to GameStop and picked up used copies of Generation 1 and 2. You know, back when they were actually easier to get. And I still have them. So I kind of started with an amalgamation of Generation 1 and Generation 3, with like, a tiny bit of Generation 2 thrown in. All of these I fondly remember. I really remember enjoying my time playing these games, especially since I didn't have like, too many friends when I was a younger kid. I was really reclusive. I was just really annoying. And I'm still reclusive and annoying, but to the point where it's acceptable in an adult life. And I think a fun way to end this little summary of my thoughts on Generation 1 is to just tell a fun story I have. I have a haunted copy of Pokemon Blue. So I'll actually go grab it and play it in a second, but I have this copy of Pokemon Blue that when I first got it, it played normally, but when I tried to save, it said it saved, and I shut it off to play later, and then I opened it up, and the save was gone. So I'm like, okay, that's annoying. So I tried it again, and of course the save was deleted again. So I'm like, well, I'm going to play Pokemon Red instead, because that one actually works and has a save file, and I just miss like one or two Pokemon otherwise. So then, years later, I find the copy of Pokemon Blue again, and I'm like, huh, I wonder if it maybe fixed itself over time or something, or just, like, is it still giving me this issue? I don't know, I just wanted to try it. So, I pop it into my Game Boy, my Game Boy Advance SP, you know, wink, and start it up. And, you know, the save file's still gone, so I'm like, okay, new game start. And then Professor Oak starts to fade into the screen, and it plays that triumphant starting music. And as soon as the first text box appears, the sound stops. And this, like, ghastly scream plays, and it just stays quiet, frozen on that frame of Professor Oak not saying anything. And occasionally it's broken up by the sound of, like, And know what? Let me show you. I'm, I'm going to let you listen to this. Hold on. Okay, I pray this thing has enough power on it. Let's find out. Yeah, it's kind of creepy, isn't it? And to wrap that up with one final story, um, one time I was alone at home, 
and I was telling some friends about this. So I said, hold on, let me go film it for you. So I take out the Game Boy, start it up, do the same thing you heard just then. And instead of it doing the normal noise you just heard, because that was the normal noise, that's what it always does. Instead, it made this sound of like wind rushing on like a camcorder mic where it's like... And as soon as that noise started playing, the phone rang. And our caller ID uh, started calling out to the house. I didn't see what the name actually was, so this is probably my mind making things up, exaggerating, because I was a little bit spooked. But I swear that the caller ID said, help, I can still see it. And I panicked, turned the game off, shoved it in my closet. That friend did not get the video of the game. And I was terrified the rest of the day. And nothing like that has ever happened since. Only that one time when I was alone. So that's why I call it my haunted copy of Pokemon Blue. And may it bless us with something, hopefully good, as we move on to the Orange Islands. Hey guys, it's the sleepy intro Ryan again here to thank you for listening tonight. It means a lot to me that you would give your time to listen to my podcast and just enjoy it. I I seriously cannot thank you enough for sticking with me this long. Once again, I'm going on a bit of a hiatus to catch up and just prep for Orange Islands. Orange Islands is going to be a lot shorter. I think it's going to be like six episodes including the movie so it's it's really not that long to get through orange island and then we're on gen 2 but i just want to make sure i'm as good as i can be for orange island and have all the other stuff i need done done especially with a new work schedule coming up it's gonna be not fun for me but i'll manage i'll figure something out and you guys will get your podcastery goodnessy and with that uh, once again, make sure you follow at Wanaveri on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the service you're listening to. Just follow, sub, listen, whatever it says up there or down there. I don't know where it is on most of these apps. And also just spread the word. Tell tell people about what you listen to. And uh, maybe, maybe they'll like this too. I hope they do, and if they don't, you know, they're not going to think less of you for it. They're going to say, well, thank you for giving me something new to try. I will shut up. I'm just rambling now. Have a great morning, day, evening, night, outside of space-time. Whatever you got going on, just have a good one. Bye. Bye.